0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's
1: S Y L V A N 29.com. A heads up that today's show is about Jeffrey Epstein and his sex crimes. We will start in a second. Jeffrey Epstein has been dead for just over two years now, but he's still in the news. Most recently, it's because one of his most powerful friends, a lesser prince of England, might finally face charges for sexual assault.
2: New legal trouble for Britain's Prince Andrew. Virginia Roberts Chief Free, an outspoken accuser of the late convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, is now suing the son of Queen Elizabeth.
1: Virginia Jufri says Epstein introduced her to Prince Andrew, who sexually assaulted her multiple times when she was under 18.
0: Guilin woke me up in the morning and said, you're going to meet a prince today. I didn't know at that point that I was going to be trafficked to that prince.
1: The allegations have been around for years, but for the last few days, this particular royal has been on the run. Prince Andrew's Epstein troubles show no signs of going away anytime soon. But the prince himself has last seen 500 miles north at the Queen's estate in Scotland. Lawyers for his accuser say he's trying to evade the civil suit they filed
0: against him. His security guards have apparently turned attempts away to to serve those papers. So he's um, scampered off to mummy's house.
1: On the show today, we're going to try and explain how the ghost of Jeffrey Epstein continues to haunt his friends, as well as his victims. And we're going to try and tackle some of the big unanswered questions surrounding his case. The biggest of all, of course, being what happened to Epstein himself. We reached out to the reporter who really changed the course of this case to get her take, Miami Herald reporter Julie K. Brown. She just wrote a book about Epstein, and in it, there's a chapter titled Jeffrey Epstein Didn't Kill Himself. Which felt bold, so we had to ask, how
0: can she be sure? I don't believe, uh, based on what I know, which is l- maybe a little bit more than most people, uh, that, that he was capable or even had wanted to really throw the towel in, so to speak, at this stage of the game. Uh, he was someone who always believed he was above the law and uh, could use his power and influence to get away with almost anything. So it's, it's you know, for just those simple reasons at the outset, the fact that the medical examiner in New York uh, ruled his death a suicide it, it is deserving of more scrutiny. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, let's take it back to when Jeffrey Epstein lands himself in a Manhattan jail. Remind us what he's arrested for.
0: Well, of course, he was arrested on a new indictment out of New York on several Uh, sex trafficking charges involving minors. Uh, These charges went back many, many years. However, you know, the the sex trafficking statute doesn't have a limitation on it, at least not right now. But it was certain that his lawyers would probably challenge the dated nature of some of these um, sex acts that he was charged with. In any event, he was arrested and there was a bail hearing he was not given bail. And at the time that he died, he was hiring lawyers left and right for not only his criminal case to fight the charges, but also uh, to come up with another way for him to get bail.
1: So when Jeffrey Epstein ends up in the Metropolitan Correctional Center, which you refer to as a notoriously inhumane gulag in your book, how do he and his team try to fight his case?
0: Well, they mounted a you know quite a effort to get him bail. His bail package was almost uh fit for someone who was more uh like a king because he w- he wanted to be released back into his mansion in in Manhattan, which is one of the largest private residents in the city, and to hire his own uh, security force and to be monitored with some kind of ankle equipment. And he was willing to pay a huge amount of bail in order to spend his days waiting trial in his own um, mansion. But of course, part of the scandal involving Epstein to begin with was that when he was originally arrested in Florida, he was put in a local jail and he essentially got white glove treatment in that he also was allowed to leave and spend time in his uh, lavish office in West Palm Beach, up to 16 hours a day. And he just basically slept in that jail and was out during the day. So it was probably going to be very unlikely that authorities were going to release him in any fashion, given the fact that the charges also were pretty strong charges and he had the means to flee.
1: Almost as soon as he gets to this Metropolitan Correctional Center, there's this report of attempted suicide. Is that right?
0: Right. But it was sort of murky. They never confirmed that it was. I think it was. They have some, first of all, the the really bizarre thing was they housed him with this giant beefy former cop who was accused of a quadruple murder. Now, why would you howls. uh, You know, Jeffrey Epstein was not a big man. He was very, you know, slender and 60 something years old. And so why would you howl someone like that, especially since he was accused, basically an accused child molester with a big giant former cop who's accused of killing four people? It just doesn't make any sense to begin with. So the only reason why I think we we've we heard that he tried to do something to himself was because the cop's a lawyer uh, claimed that he had tried to commit suicide. But we don't really know for sure what happened in this first incident in which they put him into some kind of seclusion or suicide watch because nobody has ever really mentioned exactly the circumstances that led him to be in in that secluded suicide watch area.
1: And around this time of the first supposed attempted suicide, whatever abuse Jeffrey Epstein may have encountered, he is meeting with his lawyers constantly. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that was what he did when he was charged here in Florida. Uh even when he finally did go to the jail, it was almost like he couldn't be alone. He would essentially hire people, uh, even if they were um, you know, legal paralegals to just sit with him, you know, in the visiting area of of the jail. Uh, And therefore, he was able to say, well, I'm preparing my case, and he didn't have to go back to the cell block and be with, you know, there were a lot of inmates we later heard that had been threatening him, uh, trying to extort him because, of course, uh, child molesters, accused child molesters are on the lowest rung of the prison hierarchy. And there were probably a lot of inmates that were, you know, gunning for him, so to speak. And he felt safer in, uh, you know, a room where he had lawyers and others there with him. And so that's what he did uh, when he was in Florida as well. He had round the clock lawyers visiting him.
1: Before we talk about some of the theories about how he may have died, let's talk about the story coming from the authorities, the stories coming from the Metropolitan Correctional Center, what do they say transpired?
0: We do know that there were two correctional officers on duty at the time and that they either fell asleep part of the time and or were on their computers not paying attention. In any event, there was this time period where he no one was really checking on him because he had just gotten off a suicide watch, they were supposed to check on him every 30 minutes. The records that we know about show that, he, that they stopped around 3.30 a.m. and they allegedly fell asleep. Uh, these were two staff members who had been working overtime. And then they falsified records to make it look like they had checked in on him when they didn't. All we know is that the guards allege that when they did check on him, they found him hanging from a sheet that was tied to the top bunk of his cell.
1: And of course, there was eventually an autopsy. What does it reveal?
0: Well, the official autopsy simply just said he died of suicide by hanging. We don't know anything other than that. However, his family hired a f- noted forensic pathologist, Dr. Michael Bodden, who was present at the autopsy. And he revealed later that um, Epstein had three broken bones in his neck.
2: There were multiple fractures of the Adam's apple, the thyroid cartilage and the thyroid and the hyoid bone that are more indicative of a homicidal strangulation than a suicidal strangulation.
0: And according to Baden and other experts that I've spoken with, it would have been very difficult, if not almost impossible, for him to do something like that by jumping or pushing his body weight against the top cell of his body. There was not enough velocity for him to do that much damage to his neck at the time, according to Baden. Uh, there were other irregularities, for example, that didn't make sense. He had a sleep apnea machine on the floor of his cell that had all kinds of wires attached to it. I mean, why would you have something like that in, in a cell of someone who had been on suicide watch? His cellmate, who had been with him until the day before uh, was mysteriously transferred to another prison. So uh, Epstein was alone. You know, you have to ask, well, why would they leave a guy who they just took out a suicide watch alone, not check him, and then uh, leave him in, in a cell with uh, wires? There is just too many strange things that happened in the hours before they found
1: his body. And how does that sit with Epstein's victims?
0: None of them believe that he killed himself. I mean, one of the victims I couldn't reach, but I got her mother and her mother, as soon as her mother got on the phone, she said, oh, my God, they killed him. There are very few people, I think, that believe he killed himself.
1: And of course, the reason people want to fill these holes is because at the end of the day, it's pretty easy to believe that a lot of powerful people may have wanted Jeffrey Epstein dead.
0: I think that it's very possible. I mean, the way that Jeffrey Epstein conducted himself, he had a whole ecosystem of people around him who either knew what he was doing, participated in sex trafficking, or at the very least were complicit and looked the other way. And... We're seeing the fallout now from even people like Bill Gates, who were friendly with him, not even really close friends with him, just friendly with him, and how much that has harmed his reputation. Um, And there are countless other people uh, who were involved with him, whose reputations have been really tarnished just by being associated with him.
1: More with Julie in a minute on Today Explained.
2: Let them know you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Terms and conditions do apply. Need to hire? Asks Indeed? You need Indeed.
1: and help you stress less and sell more. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash explained. Go to shopify.com slash explained now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash explained. Julie, who was Jeffrey Epstein to the very many powerful wealthy men in his social circle?
0: Well, I think he was a, you know, a a source of funding for a lot of people for causes that they had or research they wanted to do. I mean, he was a, a source of money. I think in some ways he was also very charismatic. You know, he fancied himself as a scientist and intellectual and just someone who was on the same level as some of the brightest and wealthiest Uh, people in the world. And he felt that he was, you know, the same way. And so he surrounded
1: himself with those people. And how did his affiliations with extremely wealthy, smart, powerful American, and even foreign men help him evade accountability in life?
0: Well, I think it wasn't a question of they helped him evade it. I think that they helped uh, burnish his reputation and his standing in in a lot of different uh, places. I mean, for one thing, I think he used his associations with them uh, to help uh, trap other women into his orbit. You know, they would see that he is, you know, photographs of him with some of the most famous people in the world. And these women, I think, and, and girls felt that He was so important and that combined with the promises that he made to help their careers or uh, help them with their education uh, sort of trapped them into this uh, cycle of sexual uh, violence and abuse.
1: And obviously we talked about Prince Andrew at the top of the show, but I'm wondering if you could tell me how this ghost of Jeffrey Epstein has haunted other powerful people he associated with.
0: Well, we know that uh, Les Wexner is the founder of L Brands and also owned Victoria's Secret. He was forced to step down.
2: A New York Times
0: article says Wexner was warned by other L Brands executives in the mid-90s that Epstein was presenting himself to women as a recruiter of Victoria's Secret models. Of course, he claims he knew nothing about what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. And he himself claims that Epstein stole money from him, although he never reported it to authorities or seemed to see fit to find a way to recoup it.
2: Everyone has to feel uh, enormous regret uh, for the advantage uh, that was taken of of so many young women. And uh, that's just unexplainable, abhorrent behavior.
0: You have Leon Black, you know, with Apollo Capital, his company, launched an investigation into why Mr. Black would have invested so much money in someone or put his his own money in Jeffrey Epstein's hands, um, given the fact that he was suspected of being a sex trafficker uh, and a pedophile.
1: Apollo Global Management CEO Leon Black paid sex predator Jeffrey Epstein $158 million for financial advice, but an outside law firm says that Black wasn't involved with Epstein's criminal activities.
0: And now, you know, we have Bill Gates, who, whose wife reportedly cautioned and warned Mr. Gates about being involved with Epstein. She, she knew at the outset that there was something really wrong about him, and we just heard recently that Mr. Gates has apologized and said it was a big mistake for him to associate with, with Epstein. You know, I made a mistake in judgment that I thought... That, that those discussions would lead literally to billions of dollars going to global health. Uh, turned out I, that was a bad judgment, that was a mirage, none of that money ever appeared. And I gave him some benefit by the association. So I, you know, I made a doubly uh, wrong mistake there. Prince Andrew, he was friends with Epstein, but he denies that he participated or knew anything about Epstein's uh, crimes. However, you know, we the difference with him and and some of the other people is we have a photograph of him with one of Epstein's victims with his arm around her waist. Prince Andrew has repeatedly denied the allegations, telling the BBC in 2019.
2: I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady.
0: In the same interview, he also suggested this photo at Ghislaine Maxwell's house in London was doctored, saying.
2: And I do not remember Anything.
0: There was another witness that saw saw him with uh, Virginia Giuffre, who was one of Epstein's victims. So he's having a hard time denying that he did anything with this young woman who we have a photograph of with. So it'll be interesting to see because he's, you know, part of the royal family. Um, He has somewhat been ostracized by a lot of members of his family and the public, I think, in Britain and um, Galen Maxwell, who is now uh, awaiting trial in New York on uh, charges of sex trafficking and being um, basically accused of helping uh, Epstein execute this sex trafficking
2: operation. Maxwell enticed minor girls, got them to trust her, then delivered them into the trap that she and Epstein had set for them. She pretended to be a woman they could trust, All the while, she was setting them up to be sexually abused by Epstein, and in some cases, by Maxwell
0: herself. Of course, she denies it. She's taking a page out of the Epstein defense playbook in that she's hiring the best defense that her money can buy. And these lawyers are very aggressive, and they're peppering and giving these prosecutors a lot of legal motions to respond to. You know, which was one of the things Epstein did the first time around where he would just give he would just basically bury prosecutors and in, in tons of motions to the point that the prosecutors didn't even want to deal with his lawyers anymore. So she's doing a similar um, uh, a similar tactic and her family has also launched a PR campaign uh, by going online and on social media to plead the fact that she should be considered innocent until proven guilty.
1: I know you spent a lot of time with Jeffrey Epstein's victims, Julie. do Do they feel cheated out of justice thus far?
0: I think they do. I think that they um, they're still very angry and are skeptical that prosecutors are going to continue this investigation beyond uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Galen Maxwell. Uh, they believe that there were a lot of other people that were involved, and particularly men who were engaged in, in sex with uh, minors, and they believe that authorities should go after everyone uh, who helped Epstein. And, you know, I think that there there is some concern that authorities are going to charge and, you know, possibly convict Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, and then not go any further with the case. So, Uh, There are some uh, victims out there that are pressuring prosecutors to continue their investigation so that other people are held accountable.
2: What hurts even more so is that if I wasn't afraid to come forward sooner, then maybe he
0: wouldn't have done it to other girls. I feel really guilty. To this day, I feel really
2: guilty.
1: For the past 16 years, I have felt isolated in my experience. And the lack of consequences for Epstein's actions has left me feeling as though there is no justice for me here.
0: They failed us before. Don't fail us again. Exactly. That's all we're asking. Even though maybe I don't look it because I'm so sad, but also happy tears because I'm able to you know, let myself go of this burden. I feel brave, I feel strong, more than ever right now.
1: My hope is that this case and the resulting public discourse will help me to take back some of the power and self-esteem I lost as a victim of Jeffrey Epstein's crimes. Jeffrey
0: thought that we were disposable and he threw us all away.
1: And look who's still standing. Julie K. Brown is an investigative journalist with the Miami Herald. Her book on Jeffrey Epstein's sex crimes is called Perversion of Justice, the Jeffrey Epstein Story. Our episode today was produced by Halima Shah. I'm Sean Ramos from It's Today Explained.